The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Ask your financial advisor or visit fidelity.ca. Engaging conversation with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Breaking news with Eileen Bell and sports with Morley Scott. This is the Afternoon News on 630 Chad, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. Welcome back to the 6.30 Chet Afternoon News. Uh, We've been talking, of course, about this tragic uh, accident over the weekend involving the Humboldt uh, Broncos. Um, And, you know, as I said off the top of the show, I'm not really sure how to feel about this. Uh, It's rocked the country, this tragedy. Many people having trouble, like myself, dealing with how they're feeling or wondering why they're even feeling upset when they have no direct connection to the crash. To explore this, we're joined this afternoon by registered psychologist Kim Canal from Momentum Walk-In Counseling. Thank you. It's nice to see you again. I wish it was under different circumstances, Kim. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. So where do we start on something like this? Because I'll be honest with you, I mean, Andrew and I have been you know, upfront. I think a lot of people are quite upfront that this has been a real tough weekend for them. Not necessarily, you know, don't have connections to it. People are 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 pretty much calling us losers for feeling that way. Why is it, first off, that we're emotional about something that we might not have a direct tie to? Yeah, you know, this has really rocked not only Canadians but people around the world as well. So. Um, personally, even in my own circles, I know husbands and um, and wives who have come home and just hugged their children and started sobbing. People who are not normally emotional um, about things. And this has just touched everyone on such a deep level. I think not only because of the, you know, wide scale of it, that there is so much tragedy, but also because we all have a personal connection somehow. We all love hockey. We're all Canadian. We all know someone around that age. We all have had coaches. Um, We've all been on a bus. We've all been involved in accidents. We've all had loss. So uh, events like this actually not only trigger the sadness of what has happened, um, you know, for, you know, these men and then their families, but then it also triggers in us things that we've also experienced that we can relate to. So that's why it's really impacted us, all so of I, us, so I've, deeply. I've learned over uh, the years of doing talk radio that there's a difference between healthy and normal. So mm-hmm. uh, let me ask you, these feelings that people are having, and specifically those people who are not directly connected to yeah. this, is it normal to feel those, and is it healthy to feel those? Absolutely. Like, this, is, this has been a weekend of grief for Canada, and I really love um, all the stories I heard about people coming together and uh, sharing their grief together and um, mourning these guys together and not just the ones we lost but the ones that are still here Uh and how these families have just been going through so much Um, and and this really is a time for us to come together as Canadians and say you know what we love you. We love hockey. Um, this is a tragedy for all of us. We all lost sons. So how and do dads. how though how do we deal? How do we process it? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I, I'm thinking that if I, I had a direct 
link to something, I'd be mm-hmm. in your office in about mm-hmm. 10 seconds flat. I don't, but mm-hmm. still feel this way. There was a story on, on Friday, different story, little Jonathan mm-hmm. Petrie, but yeah. the butterfly boy who I'd interviewed a couple of times over the years, that's, that story broke my heart. I cried three mm-hmm. times on Friday night over that little boy. Mm-hmm. I had interviewed him once. To me, it's like, what what is going on in my head? Why is this happening? So how do you validate those feelings? How do you accept them and not feel like a fool about them? You know, it's, I know I've been on this show before and we've talked about breaking down the stigma. Why is it bad that we're all sad that this happened? <laughs> you know, it's really, I mean, this was unexpected. Nobody ever thought that the this bus full of healthy men would ever be gone. I mean, we should be. I don't think it's... We all deal with grief differently, but I would be surprised if Canadians didn't feel something about this. You know, and I think for the most part, we're all coming together in our grief. I know, again, in my circles of professionally and personally, you know, people are really, really impacted and we're talking about it. And I love that. We don't address grief very often in our culture. Um, We don't always know what's normal about walking through it. And really because of all the media coverage, it's really hard to get away from Mm -hmm. it. And what's so interesting, because I know you're going to ask me this question, so I'll just answer (laughs) it anyway, is, um, you know, anytime something in the news happens, it's really important for us to really protect ourselves and take care of ourselves. So that when we start to feel that it's becoming a little bit too much, it's becoming a little too overwhelming and it's starting to, you know, impact our day, we need to turn it off. And there, there comes a time where we just we need to have the need to know mentality where maybe we just decide we're just going to look in on, you know, how that GoFundMe page is doing just once a day. Maybe we'll just check out the news stories once a day and then we turn it off because even just today alone, I feel like I've been so inundated with the story and, and I, I'm interested in it, but it's too much when you're trying to then take your children to school. One of mine was sick today. You know, I've, I've been running a million different places and I keep hearing about it. It's hard to deal with that and the rest of your life at the well, same time. that is specifically what I wanted to ask you about because <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I don't know what the right thing to do is mm-hmm. for myself or for anyone listening. Mm-hmm. Some people donate money and, mm-hmm. and, you know, if that helps and they think, well, I'm doing something. Others want the most graphic details and as quickly as possible Um, and others just keep refreshing the page to see if there's one more item Mm -hmm. that they hadn't read yet. Are are any of these the right thing, the wrong thing? I mean, you mentioned just a moment ago everyone deals with grief differently. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad you asked. Um, It's true that um, there is no right and there's no wrong. Uh, you need to do what you need to do. If if needing to know information is important to you, then that's important. Um, for someone like myself that gets bombarded with a lot of information, I get overwhelmed by it. I need to turn it off because I... I just, I can't handle too much of it. Um, but at the end of the day, I think what people really want to know is why did this happen? Mm. You know, how how did this universe let this happen? And what I really want people to know is that... Um, Anytime we face a tragedy, anything we, anytime we face anything unexpected, what's really important for our healing is to make some meaning from it. And that doesn't mean that it's okay or it shouldn't have happened or, you know, et cetera, but it just means that we each need to find a way in our lives to make sense of it and to take something from it. Because I tell you what, there's not one man on that bus that would want this event to 
to claim one more victim. They would not want anyone to have this be their downfall because of the story. They wouldn't want their parents, their loved ones, to also become victim victims vicariously, right? Well, well, yes, there are there are people. If you if you you know suffer from yeah from depression, if maybe you're in a low spot in your world as it is, and it's just one more thing that gets added on and. Yeah, I, I hadn't even thought about that, Kim. Mm-hmm. Hadn't even thought about that. Mm-hmm. You know, you talk about needing to turn it off. I remember during September 11 coverage, and um, you know, I was working at Global at the time, and it was just nonstop. It was, it was day after day after day after day. It was like it, it just didn't. And I can remember sitting at home on the couch, bawling my eyes out. And my husband at that time came in and says, "You need to turn the damn TV off." Mm turn it off. I had no idea what was going on. I thought I was doing my job. I thought I was just being human, wanting to know answers and to try to to figure out what was going on. But what I was doing was putting myself so far down a hole, it was a a bit of a pain getting back out. Mm -hmm. How do you know what are the symbols Mm -hmm. of or the when we should be turning things off? Yeah. So kind of like how I mentioned today where I was trying to go on with my day and I was having difficulty doing it, mm-hmm. and so I had to turn off or change the radio station. Not, of course, 632, <laughs> a different <laughs> radio station. Um, you know when you can't focus on what you need to be doing, mm-hmm. when it's impacting your life. So I know we talked a little bit about, you know, what's normal. My sense would be that this whole week is going to be tough for all of us. I know this day in particular is tough for people in working in media like yourselves because, you know, this is the day where, you know, it's all going to be brought to the forefront. Um, but this whole week's going to be tough for people. And then I'm going to say after that is when we start to process you know, and it can take a week, can take a month, it can take a year. It will really be different for everyone, and depending on how close you were to it. But, um, but you do need to seek help. I would suggest if you find that for a period of time, let's say a week or more, you're not able to do your daily functions like you normally did. So you aren't able to go to work. You're not able to take care of your kids, um, bath yourself feed yourself, etc. Mm-hmm. You are you still talking about people who are not directly connected Absolutely. to this? Mm-hmm. So does an event like this trigger something else that mm-hmm. perhaps was in the background somewhere? Yeah, that's a really good question. So what happens when we hear about stories like this is we relate to it on our own levels, right? So sometimes when we have an unexpected loss in our lives and we hear about it happening to someone else, it can re- you know, those feelings come back up again. They re-enter our lives. And so it might remind you of the time when you lost a family member or you lost someone that was close to you or you were in an accident, etc. So, you know, those are the things too that come up and surprise you. You don't really realize they were an issue before. But when they do come up and you feel like you would really like to talk to someone, I think that's also another good time to get help with that. A professional, I Absolutely. assume. Absolutely. Yeah. Can be. It doesn't have to be, but... You know, can be friends. That on the text line this afternoon, people saying, you know, I just tried to avoid it all weekend, but mm-hmm. today was confronted with it a little bit more, and I yeah. ended up in tears and yeah. and all of that. And, and I and I'm guessing what you're going to say is embrace those tears, let mm-hmm. the tears flow, mm-hmm. just let it out. 
Yeah, I have to say um, the response I've seen from Canadians is that we're pulling together. And that's, I think, what the men who lost their lives would want from us, is that we pull together and we make meaning of this somehow. So whether it's, you know, like you mentioned earlier, donating some money, maybe you want to write letters to the families of uh, the victims or the, the men that are still here trying to recover. Maybe you want to um, just have a look at your own priorities and and make your family more of a priority i think at the end of the day none of us get out of this alive and something like this really reminds us how fragile life is and so if we can um, not stop living but in fact live more you know put down our cell phones and pay attention to every moment and make the most of every moment go on those bus trips with your hockey teams do this more and more robustly and have those great memories i think that's what they would want us to take away from this. I know you work with uh, children quite a bit as well that you've been a child and adolescent therapist as well and by the way Kim Canal joining us a registered psychologist in studio this afternoon. Is there a different way to talk to kids about this? Boy does this affect our kids right? I mean it's going to affect our parenting too and that's why I just kind of said let them go on those bus trips because you know we just never know what's going to happen. And, and this should not be um, an event that holds us back from doing things that we want to do. It doesn't mean don't proceed with, you know, caution, you know, in most situations, which we do as parents. But yeah, there's a certain way to talk to kids about this. And it's not about um, scaring them. It's just saying, um, you know, taking some of the life lessons away from these tragedies because it happens. This is life. Tragedies happen. Mm -hmm. And um, as unavoidable as they are, we have to make really good decisions um, to avoid tragedies. We have to, you know, pay attention to our surroundings. We have to really love our brothers and sisters and um, tell people that we love them when we do and really just make the most of the time we do have and get out there and have those great experiences. And that's the kind of thing I think that that children need to hear, that these this was a band of brothers mm-hmm. and coaches who were very, very special, and that's why we miss them so much is because they were so special to all of us. We need to take a quick break. When we come back, we've been talking about the feelings that we have, those of us not directly connected. But I would like to ask about the feelings of those individuals and the healing process for those who are directly connected. A lot of those players had their homes right here in Alberta. Registered psychologist Kim Canal joining us in studio this afternoon. Kim, you can find uh, her over at Momentum Walk-In Counseling. We're talking about grief and, and handling tragedy even when we're not directly involved with that. But Before Andrew break, wanted to touch on this. I did because, uh, as we've learned, these players come from all over. There are families and friends and those who knew these uh, individuals, the players, the coaches, uh, the broadcaster, the trainer, the, the woman on the bus. So what do you say to them? What is the best way to deal with something that seems to be defying logic? These kids should not be gone. Yeah, and I think that's what we all have felt over the last few days is the shock. It's just shocking, and you would never imagine in a million years something like this would ever happen. And they say truth is stranger than fiction. Well, this is one of those times, right? Um, and so for the families that are experiencing this, they're just in a state of shock. You know, they're, I'm sure, just kind of getting by at this time. Um, the great thing is, is that they do have each other for support. This is a really tight-knit community mm-hmm. of, of hockey players. Um, and 
you know, I'm sure that they are all just, I mean, even just over the weekend where I saw they all got together for the memorials and, and things like that. That's that's amazing support. The outreach from Canadians and overseas has been amazing. That really helps them out right now. I think uh, it's important does to remember. It, uh, that's what I wanted to know, though, because, you know, we mentioned earlier different ways to deal with mm-hmm. grief, and you mentioned one, perhaps reach out. Yeah. Um, I so wanted to do that over the weekend. I felt it wasn't my place to do that. You know oh, what? Write a letter, write a card, absolutely. Do something like that, absolutely. sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I know. I agree with you. Sometimes we feel that if we're not directly impacted, you know, or maybe we didn't know people personally, that we don't have the right, right. to bother them or to reach out to them. But I'm telling you, like, just, you know, even if they're not able right now to read every single card or email, they will be able to over, you know, over time. And that will mean so much to them. If nothing else, they get to see a stack of beautiful mm. letters on their kitchen table, right? Um, it, it really does help. Um, it, it's they say there are stages of grief and um, you know that's sometimes controversial but there are definitely different um, steps that people can go through sometimes people just jump all the way to acceptance but you know everybody kind of kind of walks their own journey when it comes to grief and that's probably what a lot of the families and friends are going through right now. And that's just what I was going to mention Kim I and mean, we've seen when, when we've been hearing from some of the families and some of them are so composed and and want the world to know about their son and who he was and what his loves were and and all of that and others want complete privacy and you respect both of them but mm-hmm. there's no right or wrong way to grieve it's it's up to the to the person to the individual yeah and if you want to reach out obviously in an unintrusive way you know um unless you know them personally maybe don't give them a call but if you want to write letters or send facebook messages that's really lovely and i think they really appreciate that but i tell you what the toughest time is going to be for them is when all of this dies down Mm -hmm. and everything goes away and they're left with with the loss or yeah. the recovery of their We've child, talked about this you know? so many times. It's the nature of the news cycle. Mm-hmm. Uh, that no matter how tragic the event and no matter how deep the emotions attached to it, it will eventually fall out of the cycle. And when it does, there's a, a kind of a uh, an emptiness that's left it behind. Is, yeah, it's true. It's like all the air gets sucked out yeah. and... Um, there you go, because right now I think they feel, you know, the arms of, of the country right around yeah. them. But yeah, as, as the rest of us go on with our lives, mm-hmm. things start to change. It is, and that's the time I'm really confident that the, the hockey community will circle around them. Like we, you know, we did back in the days where, you know, people would bring over f- meals mm. and uh, take people out for coffee and have face-to-face conversations, right? And I'm really hoping that will happen for them. And great to hear today the um, SJHL President Bill Chow had announced an assistance fund for the families and for anyone who'd yeah. needed help. So that's very important as well. We'll talk more about that coming up. Kim, thanks for joining us Thank this afternoon. So Appreciate me. it. Kim yeah. Knell from uh, Momentum Walk in counseling it's 328 on the 630 chat afternoon news the 630 chat afternoon news with jaylen nye and andrew gross weekdays at 2 on 630 chat